good afternoon from my dining room. Yeah, welcome. Uh, please introduce yourself. Well, welcome to the, the very first Havoc and Chaos podcast. Havoc and Chaos. Havoc and Chaos. Why podcast. is the podcast named that? Well, because well, you have a dog called Havoc and I have a dog called Chaos. And all the other good podcast names are taken on. <laughs> and uh, it seemed fitting because we're going to talk about the havoc and chaos that comes from dog ownership. Yeah. Um, so it kind of works. I think it works really well. Happy days. I'm sold. It took us months trying to plan a podcast and now it took us probably seven minutes to plan a name. Oh well. Right, so who <laughs> are we? Who are we, Sam? Uh, so my name's Sam and uh, introduce yourself please, Ian. Oh, is that it? That's how you've done more. Um, well, I'm Ian. Yeah. Been dog trained for quite a while. Um, yep. Got into dogs a lot of years ago. One ever since, or more than one. And did a degree in canine behaviour about 10, 12 years ago. Got into search and rescue. Run a search and rescue and could have a dog for a lot of years. Uh, and then got into explosive search. Wanted to make it a, a living rather than just a bit of a sideline or a hobby. Um, I'm now working semi-full-time explosive search, do a bit of behaviour work on the side. Uh, it's, it's good fun. It sounds really good fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's okay. Exciting job. Finding, exciting. finding bombs with dogs. Search all the toilets. Yeah. Search all the toilets. People think it's exciting, but search all the toilets, really. If, if people really saw what I did, they'd be like, you just the ladies' box again. <laughs> Yeah. That's one way to get in. Yeah. <laughs> to get in there. Yeah, it's always fun. What about you? Uh, so I um, I run a dog training and behaviour business. I help people with their pet dogs um, and help them become the best versions of themselves. Mm. I know, so nice. sweet. Uh, so I help people with like puppies, so the the very initial training stuff, um, and I also help a lot of people with uh, adult dogs with lots of behaviour problems as well. Um, big, big, massive range of things. Uh, it's really good fun. Absolutely love my job, and I love helping people with their dogs um, and helping people enjoy their dogs. I think a lot of the time, when you think about dog training, you always imagine that your dog is, you know, it's because it's doing something really naughty. But actually, the best part of the job is helping clients to enjoy themselves. It's a good point, that because having a dog that's got issues, mm. little, little fingers here, issues. Isn't very enjoyable half the time. No, it, it can be really stressful. Ownership. Mm. Every time you step outside. Do you ever get just training requests just for training? I want to train my dog to uh, They're sit some of my favourite, kind of yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Issue dogs. They're, I get a lot of issue dogs because a lot I get a lot of referrals and I think when I help someone with a dog with issues, they tend to tell everybody about it. So I get a lot of referrals that way. But um, some of my favourite uh, jobs are the ones who just want to learn something for the sake of it. So a bit of obedience, trick training. Um, I've done sessions where we've taught the dog. Um, one of my favourites was teaching a sausage dog how to skateboard. Oh. Uh, we spent weeks on useful that. Useful skill for sausage dog. I think it's the most useful skill you yeah. can teach a sausage sausage dog um absolutely no need to do it but the dog loved it uh, the owner loved it i loved it it was very very silly don't Our, some time owner gets some fun it's just fun with builds. your dog yeah. yeah it's good really good fun it's good um so yeah that's what i do that's what i do for a living yeah so both into dog trade dog industry as it were yep um 
Do you have a dog of your own, Sam? I do. I do have a dog. I've got two at the moment. Oh. I know. Crazy. Uh, Just enough. My dogs are Roxy, who is a Doberman, Rottweiler, Lurchery type mix. I don't even know if that's accurate. She's a rescue. Um, I kind of tell people that's what breed she is, but who knows, to be honest. Yeah, she's a big lump. She's I a big think. lump. Yeah. Um, and she's very fast. Uh, <laughs> and then I've also got a puppy, although he's not really a puppy anymore, is he? Um, just, just getting just getting an adult. Really they're going to be a year old yeah. this month. Um, yeah. He's called Havoc. He's one of the dogs that the podcast is named for. Um, and he's a Border Collie Labrador with a little splash of Kelpie thrown in. Oh, sounds good. Uh, where did I get Havoc from, Ian? Um, from my my lovely black lab. <laughs> <laughs> they got knocked up by my... Collie Kelpie mix, basically, yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us uh, yeah. what, what dogs you currently live with. We've got, um, yeah, quite a few, apparently too many. got six. got a little, an old Border Collie that's the old matriarch of the tribe. Um, we've got Crash, who had a litter of pups that we've both got dogs from. Mm-hmm. Ted, you know, Crash is my bomb dog. Ted, my search and rescue dog, um, who's the dad. He's a male Collie Kelpie mix. Um, we've got Chaos and... Seren, who are the pups from the litter that we kept. Well, let's not talk about uh, siblings right just now. We'll save that for another podcast. And the challenge is contained therein. Um, <laughs> it's a real thing. And then don't, what else don't, have we yeah, got? Don't We've got um, <laughs> Dennis, who's a little cocker, who's also a bomb dog. He's my mainstay currently. Um, all hardworking little pups. There's quite a lot of dogs. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that's too many? Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it is too many. I've got loads of dogs, I can't move without tripping over a dog. Um, I need some method of control. I perhaps need a trainer. I know I know, I know, know a good trainer if you need yeah. some help. Uh, but yeah, that's they are working. I mean, two of them work semi-full-time with me. Um, with the cadaver dog, not so much. But we've got a bit of a project on currently, which will be another searchy, find a detection kind of Mm. Job. Um, it sounds good fun. Yeah. So, you, so how many of your dogs are working? How many of them work for a living? Two currently. Two of them. Yeah, one, three if you include Ted, but Ted's kind of like into that retirement age, but he's going to be a project dog. Mm. Um, and then the new pop chaos is also heading for project. Uh, see how that goes. See how it goes for future yeah. future podcast if it comes off. Yeah, so I would never I would never describe my dogs as working. I they're just pets. Lazy because I'm lazy. No, no, because the dogs lazy. Because the dogs are lazy. They are pets primarily. But that being said, Roxy works almost every day um, as a stooge dog for yep. my behaviour clients. Uh, she's really really polite, really social, um, and very very steady. So if I get clients with dogs that are having difficulties behaving around other dogs and Roxy tends to be uh, the one that comes along for that. Does, does take a particular kind of dog for that job. It's a really Having difficult been there job. Myself, it's yeah. Not every dog can do that. I think what's important as well is um, if you're going to have a stooge dog is recognising your stooge dog's limitations. Mm. So when I first started out using Roxy as a stooge, she still was working or we were working through some um, reactivity towards German Shepherd type dogs um, just because of a couple of incidents that had happened to her um, 
kind of at the beginning when I first adopted her. So uh, for me, that was just a no-brainer. She doesn't do those jobs. And uh, if I had a client with a German Shepherd who had reactivity problems, then luckily for me, I have enough friends um, and acquaintances with dogs and those people were happy for me to borrow their dogs. Handy. Uh, which was really handy. So I used to use a special shout out to Victoria, my friend with a cockapoo called Polly. Polly would stand in whenever Roxy wasn't capable. This is the early days, this is years ago. Um, but Polly was wonderful, a uh, really steady older dog. Um, and if Roxy couldn't do the job, then Polly would do it. Um, it's a little bit like school dogs as well, isn't it? They've got to yeah. have, they've got to have that particular kind of mindset. But also, you can't work them too hard because mm. they can really end up fried, can't they? Really stressed, a little um, bit too much pressure. Yeah. Got to have some good times as well as some, uh, mm. some, some work time. Absolutely. So, so why are we doing this podcast then? What, what's the what we? Why are we doing it? Well, I don't really know why I'm here. I got recruited by you, didn't I? <laughs> I uh, I'm doing it because it's I, I like the idea of just chatting about all things dog, um, like once a yeah. week, just because, you know, a lot of friends and family, that is sort of my entire personality, so it's nice to get all yeah, of all that. It's all we've got, really. All of that friends. dog, yeah. yeah. We've, just, we've just got dogs, and we talk about dogs, and we wear clothes that say things about dogs. And all of that obsession with dogs, we can sort of throw into this podcast, and yeah. then I can actually uh, have human interactions through the week. Yeah. And I think as well, there's, there's a lot of people out there with dogs that perhaps just need to understand that their dog's not a monster, because it does whatever, or... They're not struggling with training because they're rubbish at training. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Sometimes dogs are hard work. Sometimes dogs' training doesn't look particularly to plan. And I do think sometimes when you listen to a podcast or someone else chatting about it, like we're going to do in the future episodes, sometimes you think, oh, my God, there's somebody out there that's going through the same nonsense that I'm going through. And it's not just me. It's, it's kind of nice to spread the word that, that there's other people out there that, you know, even professional dog trainers have issues. Oh yeah, I think um, any trainer that tells you that their dogs are perfect are oh, lying, yeah. lying through yeah. their back Don't teeth. believe the videos. Well, the videos, videos are just videos a snapshot as well. They're yeah. not the best bits. They're not the crap bits. They're not the bits where the dog just like give you the rods and walked off and yeah. decided not to work that afternoon. I think one of my favourite sort of ideas as well about when we're training dogs is that it, it's important to remember that you cannot train anything, as in everything, sorry. Um, you'll get a blueprint of your dog and you can mould it and shift it in a certain direction with yeah. training, but ultimately your dog is who they are. It's um, a bit of personality, it's not just You're not going to change their personality with training. There's a bit of breed. Yeah. yeah we say it. They always say it, that sometimes there's a little bit of breed. Mm. It actually affects the way the dog behaves. There's so many trainers these days that say, oh, no, no, it's all down to train. No, rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish. If you've got a dog that's a particular breed, there's going to be traits that come out in that dog, regardless of what you do and how good a trainer you are. For sure. Having a, you know, a retriever and an Agardi-type dog, uh, my dogs couldn't be more different. Yeah. You know, yeah. their, their, their breed traits definitely show. Ask anybody with a side town. Oh, yeah. Had to train to something useful. No use at all. Um, that's slightly rude. <laughs> Side down. It's a bit rude. Um, <laughs> I like that. So, <laughs> that's kind of like why we're doing it. We're going to, hopefully, after this initial one, do one every week, fortnight, however we can squeeze in. Um, yeah. 
and we're going to look at a few bits and bobs, talk about training, we're going to talk about what we've been doing, we're going to talk about what our future plans are, you know, a bit of a book review, we're going to do some bits and bobs like that, aren't we? That's the sort of the plan. That is the plan. Uh, I'm excited to do the book review, um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, first of all, it's probably a good idea to let everyone know what our training styles are, because I know there's a lot of different styles yeah. of training out there. Confused. Yeah? Confused mind. My, my, my style's confused. Link yourself up, forget what I'm doing. So, give, us, give us a bit of insight into your style of training. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm as positive as I can be. Um, I'm not a lovey-dovey, everyone should train with treats and be positive all the time. Um, I'm as positive as I can be. I use markers. I love markers. I don't think you can train successfully without using markers of some sort. I don't think anybody who says they don't use markers will probably find out that secretly they do use markers. They just don't realise it. They just give little triggers to the dog. Um, and the dog goes, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. Despite you, rather than because of you, I understand despite you. Um, use treats. I use toys. I use play. I use tugs. I use throwing things around, I use excitement. Um, always quite mindful that sometimes we'll start off training one thing and we get sidetracked because the dog's just not into it that day and we'll train whatever we end up training. I'm mm-hmm. um, gonna be flexible. Um, gonna look at the training as well. Try to plan. I always try to plan because I've done a degree. Because I've done a degree, I have to <laughs> think about ethograms and things. Um, but I do try to plan training and I do try to keep a record of training because then we know where we are, we, we can progress and move on yeah. from where we are currently and, um, and note progress. Without that planning, without those notes, you can't know your progress so you don't know where you're going to end up. Or if you've made progress, which is miserable. Uh, and video as well, love videoing, training. Yeah. Just for my own insight. I only put like everybody does the best bits on Instagram and what have you. Um, but sometimes I look at my video and go, ooh, that was rubbish. Would you say that you ever would use what could be described as correction? Yeah. Yeah? What yeah. would that look like? Don't get me wrong, I, I grumble at my dogs and shout. I, I use no reward markers, um, heaven forbid. I do use no reward markers. A, I think it helps sometimes the dog, despite what other trainers think. Um, I think sometimes it helps with me because it allows me to have a bit of frustration. It's just, nope, you got that wrong. Yeah. Nope, you got that, yes, you got that right. Nope, got that wrong. Um, and it, it kind of underlines what we're doing right or wrong for me. If I even self say, nope, 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 nope. And same with clients, I would say to clients, if I do training with clients, if you say, nope, 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 all the time, you're pushing too hard, you're pushing too fast, you're pushing too quickly. Yeah. Uh, really time to back up a little bit and think, why am I saying no when really I ought to be saying yes? With regards to punishment, um, I try not to use big corrections. I'm not a big advocate of shock collars and whatnot. Um, do use a vibration collar at times just to get a bit of attention. Um, ooh, burn me at the stake. Um, and the main reason I don't use correction, I'd, I'd like to learn more, um, is because I don't know that much about it. Uh, and I see some of these sport trainers using stimulus to uh, activate the dog. Um, thanks for Pat Stewart for introducing that one to my confused little head. I do think mm, I'd like to learn more about that. Maybe not to use it, but maybe just to know more. I mean, what, what do you do? What do you do, Sam? It's interesting. I, I think we we probably train quite similarly. I think I'm probably a little bit more fluffy than you are. 
um, but probably not with my own dogs. Um, and I'll, so I'm very, I'm very positive. Uh, I do describe myself as a positive reinforcement trainer, even though I know that in the training community that means nothing. Everybody uses that. Um, <clears throat> I'm a very positive trainer. I encourage people to use markers um, to let their dogs know when they've done things right. I use food. I use treats. I use attention, affection, praise. I use environmental reinforcers. So mm. for example, if uh, you know my dog is um, wanting to get to something um, to sniff it, then I'll use some sort of good behavior mark that and then reward with that. So I'm a very, very add something. Yeah, a little bit of pre-mark. I like to add as, I don't ever say that though, because it's not worth explaining it <laughs> in, a, in a session. Um, use very a lot of positive reinforcement i do use no reward markers um but i have a bit of a rule in that i like my no reward marker so i use something like the word oops because it's really difficult to say that angrily um <laughs> if you've ever tried to say oops in an angry voice yeah. um so i like to introduce sort of oops if i'm training sort of a specific behavior even with my own dogs um, and I ask for something, they get it wrong, but I know it's because they're not quite understanding, then oops, oops is fine. I have been known to scream no at my dogs, um, normally if they're about to do something dangerous. Yeah. Um, it's probably just an interrupter, uh, you know, pack that in immediately, and or, or I've lost control and I've panicked. So I'm not going to say that I've never corrected my dogs because I absolutely 100% have, um, but I won't teach that I think it comes so naturally to people especially with clients I will never teach how to correct because they when they get frustrated if that's when the corrections come in I just don't do it and I think um, something that really stands out to me is I see a lot of trainers using correction and the ones that are good at it use it really well but we all know having worked with the general public and clients is that getting them to mark and reward behavior on time is almost impossible. Yep. People's timing is appalling. Yeah. So if we can't even teach them to give their dog a good time at the right time, I find it unethical to teach people how to correct their dogs because yeah. we know we know 100% that they're going to correct those dogs at the wrong time. So yes, I would say that I use correction myself and I'll tell my dogs not to do things or I'll stop them or I might, you know, add a no reward marker, but I don't really generally teach it. Um, because I just think if they can't get the timing of the good stuff right, then they definitely can't get the timing of the bad stuff right. I'm I'm nodding in agreement with all that. Yeah. Obviously, there's no camera, so you can't see me. But yeah, just nodding in agreement. People struggle to train dogs. I struggle. And when you only see a dog about to nick a Sunday lunch off the side in the kitchen, um, you can't not go. Oi! Yeah. There's some point you're going to go. No, don't do that. Don't do that thing. Don't run out into that road. Yeah. Um. And I think most people, it's their go-to. Or what we need to do is try to say, hey, there's better go-tos than, like you say, using that all the time. Yeah. Because we're pretty rubbish at it. I'm going to give um, you a really... I've got to interrupt you. I've got to give you a really funny example of how I've used it. a correction really badly um, <laughs> myself. So when we talk about giving attention and affection as um, a reward, sometimes negative attention can also be reinforcing for some dogs. So if they're doing something naughty and we tell them off, that can actually yeah. be reinforcing because it's attention. It's still attention. It's still attention. And, and, I, children. and I preach this all the time and I did it myself. So uh, obviously, you know Havoc. Havoc's a, a Border Collie lab mix. Um, and Border Collie's like 
grabbing ankles, um, nipping ankles, herding, all that sort of stuff. And I've never really had a problem with it um, because I think it comes quite naturally to me if he starts doing it and stop moving. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm quite a good trainer. So uh, even without thinking, I've managed to avoid any of those sorts of behaviours. But he did once try and grab my ankle at the top of the stairs. And obviously, because I was about to die, I um, I screamed and I screamed at him and I really told him off because I thought that is the that don't do that again. I was really really like stressed about it. Uh, guess whose dog now only ever <laughs> grabs their <laughs> grabs their ankles at the top, at of, the the top of the stairs. He's absolutely brilliant, yeah, so and yeah, I would he, say it's because I reinforced it. I gave him so much attention for that so one behaviour. He looked at that and he went. Yeah. Mum's made this. I thought I was looking at nipper ankles. Mum's made this into a fantastic game. Oh, yeah. We can have a great old time. I'll try it again tomorrow. See if, she, see if she's in the mood for the same amount of fun and games tomorrow. Honestly, he bloody loves it. He bloody loves it. He'll, and, he'll, I'll get yeah. to the top of the stairs. He'll run at my legs uh, and he'll try and deck me and he'll try and make me fall down the stairs to my doom. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm gonna like. There's a caveat to this. I like to tell this story. I have fixed this, but I haven't fixed it with correction. So I, fi- so I fixed this. You've trained to bite your ankles somewhere else. I've trained him to, when I get to the top of the stairs, I've trained him to lay down and then I set off down the stairs and he has to maintain a down stay until he's released. So you have actually trained an alternative behaviour that's incompatible with the behaviour that you didn't like. Yes. Which is our mainstay when we don't use punishment, really. I've just taught him to do something else, yeah. We teach our dog to do something else that's incompatible with the thing that you don't like. So if the dog barks at the door and the postman comes to the door and the dog barks, you teach the dog to go and lie by the door or lie in his bed or sit at the bottom of the stairs. In your case, dog does something different. Lay down. It's incompatible with biting your ankle. Don't attack me. Next, <laughs> he don't attack you and lay you up. Um, and yeah, perfect example so that, so of how, it's worked. how yeah. we can use positive reinforcement to... So that that, that would be yeah, and that would be yeah. what I mean by I don't really use correction. Like there was a situation there where we could have punished that. As it happens, the punishment made it much worse. Um, that was my own silly fault for not recognising that. Um, and this is where you know trainers make mistakes as well. And I really like this example because it's an example of something I messed up, um, and I have subsequently fixed it using uh, positive reinforcement yeah. to train an incompatible. That's behavior. a great example. Yeah. It's a great example. And he doesn't try and kill me on the stairs anymore. So it worked. So it's worked. <laughs> you'll get a phone call tomorrow. I'm <laughs> Sam's, Sam at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> She's been killed by her own dog. These positive reinforcement <laughs> trainers. <laughs> she should have just corrected him. Should have corrected him. <laughs> Put a um, collar on him. As it happens, um, we're safe so far. We're safe yeah. so far. It but is that a good would example be. Yeah. The dog still wants to do it, but instead the dog now wants to do another behaviour more because he's been reinforced for doing the other behaviour more when you inadvertently yeah. rewarded him for. If I ever if I ever place. do get tripped up and fall down the stairs, then I might rescind my my attack yeah. my attitude on training. Well right, just now it, it worked. That's cool. It does work. So Yeah. You've done a bit of training there. Mm-hmm. How often do you train so? How often do I I feel like that's an accusatory 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 Um, how often do I train my own dogs Um, I get a lot of comments a lot of this question a lot from clients who say it's easy for you you train dogs all day every day other people's though I train other people's dogs all day every day my own 
um, probably not as often as I should or could um, but really I think it's a myth that you need to do that much training uh, I train I try and do about five minutes every morning with Havoc because he's young but even then sometimes I miss that I try and train him with his breakfast uh, we go in the garden and we do five minutes and that is it um, otherwise occasionally maybe once a week I'll take him somewhere and we'll do a little bit of training and we might teach you know obedience or a bit of agility something like that but really really not that often Roxy Roxy's just chilled though Roxy's, Roxy's big perfect old, big old chill. she's just sitting in a chair across from us now scratching her chin and she's she's super to, relaxed yeah yeah I mean I tend to look How often, yeah because you work yeah. your dogs so you must train your dogs a lot more than I do my dogs have to be trained uh, my dogs have to have a certain amount of training every month for them to remain in license. Right. So there's a certain amount of training that has to happen every month. And they're kind of assessed when they go for that training. So unless they do a little bit of top-up training in between, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, so yeah, they do get a little bit, a bit more training. But what I tend to find myself doing is I tend not to walk my dogs. Um, That's controversial. I'm, controversial, yeah. I, I don't find... I like to go for a nice walk. If I'm going to take my dogs for a walk somewhere, I like to go somewhere specific for a nice walk, like going out, out. Mm. I want to go for a walk, walk somewhere picturesque, have a good time. Not with them all, because I can't handle six dogs at once. They're a nuisance. Um, and I don't care what anybody says. If you've got six lively dogs, it, it ain't much fun. But I do like to do a bit of training. So what I'll quite often do is I'll take them to a field and rather than walk, we'll train. We'll just do stuff. We'll do recall training. We'll do send away training to a place. We'll do some kind of tuggy bite work, play kind of training, something of that nature. Um, rather than just going for a walk. And the dogs enjoy it. The dogs love it. They get some free time afterwards to have a little scamper around and sniff around. And then when we're near a beach, we'll have a good walk. Where we're near some forest, we'll have a good walk. But in the meantime, mainly, because I don't find walking that rewarding myself. Um, a lot of the time, we just train. We just train. And that doesn't mean my dogs get loads of intense training, because a lot of it's just play training. He's just having a bit of a laugh with the dogs. He's yeah. just doing some stuff with dogs. Um, not particularly specific. Like I said, for the Expo dogs, there is specific training. We train on odour. We train on different heights, different levels, different areas. If one shows a particular weakness while they're at work, uh, we'll obviously work on ironing that little kink out, whether it be, you know, finding things which are buried underneath somewhere, perhaps a dog's scrabbling away trying to get to them. Yeah. We'll work on that, we'll work on maybe indications, um, we'll work on putting odour out and not actually getting the dog to search, just the dog finding it and thinking, oh my God, that's that weird smell that I usually get rewarded for. What do I do now, even though they're not specifically tasked to find it? Um, but yeah, like I say, walking, I find it a bit overrated, really. Yeah. Dog just, you see so many people that just wander around with a dog on a lead, watching the phone, listening to music, no con no connection between them and the dog. There's just dog just has a, a leg stretch. I can't see the point. I completely, completely agree. I um, I think there are so many other things you could be doing with your dog 
uh, that, that's not walking and if you do have a dog that doesn't particularly enjoy walking um, so if that's that you've got a dog that pulls so badly on a lead that their eyes are bulging or that they you know can't be let yeah. off the lead for example so the whole walk's on a short lead and they're just stressed at the end and they're still running around your living room there are so many other ways you can entertain your dogs I, so I, I, Roxy does like walking she enjoys it a lot and so I do specifically make the effort to take her for a walk because I enjoy being out with her and she enjoys the walk uh, and that's lovely but with Havoc uh, I think if the only thing I did with Havoc was walk him he would just destroy my life he <laughs> he's um, he's just absolutely mental and when I say that I try and take him out um, to do the training and take him to a field somewhere like that if I am going to take him out for like in inverted commas a walk it isn't actually it isn't a walk we go out and we train we'll yeah. train loose lead or we'll train recall or what I like to do is there's a field um, quite local to here that's got some really low um, little fences and a couple of dotted trees around and so we do like uh, agility reps and I get him yeah. running around trees and I get him and so we don't actually go that far so dog has contact with you rather than oh yeah just it's all interaction it's all engagement yeah engagement so Roxy likes walks but she can she can literally ignore me for an hour and just walk and sniff and she loves that but Havoc would not enjoy that it, he you know he needs constant interaction um, what do you say well sorry to interrupt no no what, go for what it what do you say as as a rule probably most people's failure with the dogs is engagement uh, I agree, but I don't think it's I don't think it's um, intentional by any. Not intentional. Yeah, no. yeah. I think people just forget. Mm-hmm. They just want to live alongside this little dog. Yeah, and you can um, get dogs that are okay with that. Mm-hmm. And like Roxy's a nice example of that. You could, you know, ignore her all day, take her for a lovely walk in the morning and then one in the evening, and she'd love her life. But if you've got a kind of higher energy dog. Um, unfortunately it's just not a possibility for you to have that lifestyle and have a happy dog Um, so you know the engagement is the main thing even if it's just you play with them or you interact with them for the whole walk and if I don't take a half a cow for a whole day but we just do training in the garden he is thrilled Um, (laughs) if all I did with him was walk him in the morning walk him in the evening he'd be like hey where's the training yeah um, where's my contact time with you where's my contact time yeah, yeah. so it, it, it's it's not everybody sometimes you can get away with that traditional just a walk but I think what where maybe people fall down is that it's not really um, shown to them the different lifestyles that they can have with dogs and so people think in order to be a good owner you have to walk morning it's kind of drummed into everybody isn't it? it's yeah. like the old when we, we we both used to work for a training school so we we, yeah. to, we used to work together that's how we, we know each other we, it is thanks to uh, our yeah mutual friend maybe we'll get him on the podcast and interview him one day yeah maybe um but we used to see a lot with people with with pups as they came through puppy class and and got you know older bigger dogs and um, you know they start off and they'd, they'd walk it in the morning, walk it in the evening, and then after a period of time, usually retired people, they'd, they'd find that they walked in the evening for an hour, and then walk in the morning for an hour, and then walk at lunchtime for an hour, and the dog's still a bloody lunatic. Mm. And all of a sudden, you, you're like, you've all you, you're not this walking is not working. It's not walking the the energy out the dog. It's not building the focus and the happy relationship that you want. You need to do something else, and they're probably the better off 
stopping some of the walking and just do some training. Yeah. Even if it's nonsensical training, like train how many tricks did we used to train? I love trick training. Trick training, fantastic. It's my favourite thing. The dog have some fun with you. It's not demeaning for the dog. The dog doesn't even know what you're doing. The dog just has a good time. One of my favourite pieces of homework to give to clients who are struggling with their dog's behaviour is to reduce walks and up engagement. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just get rid of some of those walks. You know, it, it, even if even if you still take them out once a day, maybe scrap either the morning or the evening walk and make that a training session instead. Yeah. Or even if you've got a particularly nervous or reactive dog, is take them out once a week for a walk and everything else is engagement and everything else is fun and joyous and play and stop taking them those places where they find it difficult or if you've not got a nervous dog but they're just bored then again it's exactly the same response it's exactly the same um result is that suddenly your dog's having so much more fun because yeah. you've given them something to do and you're interacting with them in a way that they like in a way and that's yeah. that's the main thing is not just interacting with them for the sake but in a way that they enjoy um you know so basically we've broken on the boundary we've said you don't need to walk the stop walking dog. your dogs stop walking your as dogs much. people as much yeah don't i'm still gonna say walk them occasionally i think they could also go mental if they were kept indoors we are saying do more stuff with your dogs don't just walk them don't just take them out and ignore them on the end of a lead. I think that's somebody a... somebody told you it's a good idea. It's not. That's already a thing, isn't it? Do more with your dog. Yeah. Who runs that? It's for, like, trick training and stuff. Don't know. It's something online called Do More With Your Dog. Um, Sounds like good advice. And you can get trick titles and teach yeah, them Yeah, you can get trick stuff. titles. Yeah, yeah. Find, yeah, find one of these new dog, newfangled dog sports. In fact, come and, spot, come and speak to Sam, because I'm sure she can train you. Trick um, training's my favourite thing in the world. Trick training, you see? But do stuff with your dog. Don't just take it for a boring walk. Yeah. Give it an exciting life. But before we sort of totally cover everything there is about dog training, um, it's, it's this podcast number one. So we're just going to give you a quick quick look at what we're planning to do. Um, we're going to do book reviews, aren't we? Ideally, yeah. I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fun to... There's some books that um, both of us have read. Uh, there's quite a few out there that are on my to-read list. Um, if, and on just, yours let me as just well. interrupt if you can hear sort of clattering about this is havoc um, <laughs> wreaking havoc let me get rid of him he was just sitting having a snuggle by my feet and he's not he's and now he's picked up a tennis ball around waving a tennis ball about he wants he wants a fuss his little uh, his little lipstick just popped out as well oh, nice one arousal we'll call that arousal. <laughs> over arousal but yeah um so we've got some favourite books. We've got some books that we've been planning to read forever but never got around to reading. This is going to be the motivation that I've needed to read some of these books. Yeah. Yeah, because they're constantly on the shelf and I've always got something else to do. But if I know that we're going to be chatting about it, I'll probably put a bit more effort into finishing. Yeah, we'll that. We'll just scan <laughs> reading the night before, like homework. I'm going to read the, the footnotes yeah. and then pretend I've read it. <laughs> So yeah, so we're going to have a, have a look at a few books. One of them being, we're going to do Control Unleashed, aren't we? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've picked this one, haven't I? Because yeah. um, I use, so Leslie McDivitt is the author of Control Unleashed. And she wrote this book to, well, originally it was to help agility dogs um, with their reactivity when they're on the sidelines. So a lot of the time, the, the dogs that attend, that, that sort of, 
compete in really high energy sports like agility and fly ball and things like that um, there's quite a lot of uh, reactivity around the outside yeah. of the ring because they're, they're crazy struggle. Aren't they? they're crazy and they struggle with arousal um, so originally she came up with a few techniques to help um, agility dogs because I think she's an agility trainer as well yeah and um, this is leaked into reactive reactive dog work and I use a lot of her methods with my reactive clients um, so I, I should really at some point read you ought to read the book really I, should, I ought to read the book I've done yeah I've read a lot around it and I've watched a lot of videos on so this I say it does information like that that works in one context quite mm. often bleeds into another context oh yeah use it in different areas it's fantastic um, and it you know it, it does some of these techniques are amazing for dogs with reactivity problems um, that bark at other dogs or bark at people or bark at traffic um, all those sorts of issues are, it, it's all in this book so we're going to read that and then we're going to yeah summarize um, it for you one of the books I think we should look at is Don't Shoot the Dog which is the mainstay of all yeah. positive trainers I think everybody loves that um, book it's, good, it's a great book it's got some good advice uh, good information about various animals not just dogs but but yeah it's, it's a good book mm. what's your favourite book? one of my favourites is um, Mine by Jean Donaldson yeah uh, it's very short it's a little bit um, technical if you're not a trainer um, but it is amazing it's just really it's all about resource guarding excellent uh, so yeah and it's great and it, it lays out all the sort of reasons for and some of the protocols and it gives you essentially it gives you a full training plan in the book on That's how good. to tackle it. it's, it's really guarding. it's horrible isn't it it's really scary um, horrible to have in a house um, yeah awkward to live with have you ever had a dog that's a guarder not really no 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 not myself uh, Roxy guards. No, mine, mine tend not to. No. Which is handy. Which is it's good. Um, it's not a thing I'd I'd like to have to deal with on a daily basis. Resource guarding in the house because no, it can be lead to dog fights and bites and stuff. Um, Roxy, yeah, Roxy doesn't guard from me, but she does guard from other dogs. Yeah. Um, which can be a bit more difficult to yeah. to manage. No, no. Fortunately, we've uh, we've steered clear of that one, which yeah. is good. What's your favourite book? Um, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, a bit of a planning meeting. <sighs> it's awkward. There's a good book called Buzzards and Butterflies, which right. sounds a bit of an unusual book for a dog trainer. Um, but it's about cadaver training, uh, which is what my search and rescue dog does. And it's an interesting read. It's not just a technical manual, it's an interesting read. Yeah. So, yeah, Buzzards just the and Butterflies. Training. I can't remember who wrote it. It was by one of the big old... Uh, Let's have a look. Buzzards. Straight up, I am never going to read that. <laughs> no, it's um, not for everyone, but you will find um, J.C. Judah, yeah. a spy, who's written so, some other books, if I remember rightly, about um, various training methodologies for yeah. search and rescue dogs. And sometimes reading a book about something else that you don't actually do is a really interesting, yeah. interesting concept. Uh, but yeah, but, so we're going to do some reviews on books. We're going to have a read. We're going to talk about some chapters and so. I'll tell you an, another one that is amazing. Um, Julie Naismith, "Be Right Back," Ooh. and it's about separation anxiety. Ooh, really, another horrible issue to have in the home. Yeah, but really good book. Yeah. She's excellent, and yeah. um, she breaks it all down really well. So if that's a, an issue that you're interested in, 
I really, really do rate that book very well, highly. I'll have to read it. Yeah. I'll have to get, get it on the book list and read it. I'll read it again. So, yeah, I think we're joined towards a, a close for podcast one. I think so. I think we've been nattering for ages, haven't we? Yeah. I don't think we have. I never set a timer. No, set a timer. I, d- I don't know how long we've no been chatting for. We'll see when we edit it. See what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so thanks for listening so far, if you have listened. Um, we will put some more information, some more material together. It won't be weekly. I don't think we've got enough life to do it weekly. However, we will um, maybe maybe do a, a little short one once a week or yeah. something. What do you reckon? Just a catch-up one. Like a catch-up. See how people are getting on. Mention those books. See how I think... I think we've got good intentions, but that won't happen. Yeah, we're four nights. <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus to four nights. Um, hopefully it'll be available on, on various podcast forums, but that's to be decided because we've not actually edited the first one or put it out there. Um, we'll see. It's early days yet. Um, and again, we'll no doubt sort of push yeah. this podcast on our individual platforms and websites and social media Ian what is your outlets. what is your business called it's called K9 Solution that's a K9 Solution that's out there on Facebook uh, and on Instagram what about you Sam uh, mine is Fetch Club so Fetch Club. we are Fetch Club official on Instagram Ooh. Fetch Club official on Facebook Ooh. and Fetch Club official uk. Ooh, on the website. On the website. Check it out. It's yeah, full of it's look. just full of photos of puppies. Yeah, I was going to see what we do. Um, yeah. there's always I mean when when I do events I always put pictures of my dogs on if it's an event I'm allowed to. Um, just to show off really because they've got free access to a festival yeah. or something. But there's always pictures, there's always information and I don't doubt we'll be able to put some information as to where you can listen to this podcast. Um, it's been fun, this. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. It's been, yeah, yeah. Big, it's a bit stilted at first, but, you know, we'll, we'll settle into it. Happy days. Good. Have we th- done? Yeah. I think we need to um, figure out how to Probably remember so. that we're not recording so mm. we don't talk like robots. Yeah, yeah but that was good. Happy days. Cool. Right. That's it. Yeah. Goodbye.